Hello and welcome back to the men's room and my god is that a good thing to say I've missed it thank you very much for joining us exactly that Um, thank you very much for joining us today on a slightly different podcast Uh, we all know why we don't need to say it make sure you do follow us on Instagram to keep updated with us that is at real men's room as always I'm joined by the lovely Adam Brown via satellite via satellite that's me Um, cool talking to you from the moon Exactly that, mate. You went, no one else did. You've been the first man to go. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> I'm taking social distance into the next level, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Uh, how you been, mate? I've been good. Just been keeping busy playing Doom Eternal. Oh, uh, yeah. How's that? How's that? that Amazing. came out recently, didn't so it? Good. Yeah, it came out. I got it a tiny bit early because um, if you change your ex, I uh, pre-ordered it so it um, pre-downloaded to my xbox but mm. then i set my xbox's location to australia so i ah, got okay. it about six hours early because it registered that i that it was the 20th of like a, like a little bit earlier it was it was really dumb but it did work and it meant i got to play it early so that was fun i've still that- not completed but i'm going through all of the uh little side things on it it's the first game i've wanted to actually like max out and complete everything Decent. so it's did you good. do that for a VPN or did you just... No, no, I literally, you, on your Xbox, you can just change its location. So oh, wow. I did that. Um, my roommate did that when the new Call of Duty came out. So he was like, that'll probably work. And I did it and it, and it did. So You'd think that that would be too exploitable. You'd think that Microsoft would know that that's a thing and try and patch that. Yeah, surprising that they haven't. But yeah. I oh. think ultimately they, they just want players, you know. Yeah, man. Oh, it doesn't make much of a difference, I suppose, in the grand scheme of things. You mentioned Call of Duty there. Was that Warzone, that new one? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been playing that as well. Have that you? I'm, yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm not the biggest Battle Royale guy, but it's mm. not bad. Like, I've, okay. I've had fun. Oh, decent. Yeah. How have things been on your end, mate? All good, man. All good. I've moved back down to Essex. I'm out of London. I've uh, moved back home to be with my mum and my dog, of course, uh, in that order, I promise, mum. Yeah, no, it's been good. Actually, the weather has been really nice this week. I've been out in the garden a lot and doing work in, in the garden. Um, hmm. Really nice today. Yeah, beautiful. Okay. Beautiful okay. weather outside. Um, you're still in London, of course, with your roommate. Yep. How's that getting on? You two? Been, yeah, we have had... I've sort of, I wasn't. I wouldn't say dreading it because that's the wrong word. But mm. you're like a little bit apprehensive. You don't know what it's going to be like being, you know, literally cooped up with one person the entire time. But it's been. Right. It's been. We've not had any fights, um, so it's been all good. We've we've good been stuff. having a laugh, so it's been good. Good we've stuff, man. That's decent. Obviously, there is a um, quite a huge absence today, Zach. Uh, it's not about he's alive and well he's totally fine oh, I was going to say he's in intensive care but <laughs> <I don't mind>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean to be honest we, could, we can't confirm or deny that he's been AWOL today but uh, yeah. so, so far as we know he's alright um, far- <laughs> you're gone no I wasn't even going to say anything I was, I was laughing about, about <laughs> being, in, being like an ICU situation like he's, he's like disappeared Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We'll do a uh, men's room documentary on the uh, the missing co-host at some point. Exactly. Yeah, like he's a Netflix like style. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Missing for it. That brings me on quite nicely. Thank you very much for that, Adam. On to our next You're topic, the crux of today's conversation. Um, Netflix original series, Tiger King. Uh, we're a little bit late to the party with this one. Uh, came out a few, came out actually mid-February, funnily enough. Oh, wow. So it's actually been out for like, it yeah. sort of fell under the radar then. It's been out for a little minute. I think that obviously due to the uh, recent situation, people have caught onto it now and it has absolutely taken the internet by storm. It's taken everyone by storm. Everyone's watching it. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts off the bat? I mean, I was fascinated, like the whole, because I'd, I'd sort of heard of, no, I hadn't heard of the, the Tiger King himself. I obviously hadn't heard of Joe Exotic before, but like that world mm. I was sort of familiar with. Louis Farou did a documentary on it some years back, which I think um, Joe Exotic was actually in. Yes, um, he was, yeah. All, all about the same stuff. My girlfriend has been to Florida quite a few times and she said she's driven past the park before. Oh wow! So like she's actually like passed it. So because she was talking talking to me about it because me and her have watched it together via like Skype and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we it's been it was kind of fascinating the whole thing because initially I was like, oh, it's just this like quirky documentary about this like this weird little world, and then it goes into this like it becomes like a true crime documentary and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is a thing. It's great. It's just like, it's so sudden. But yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good documentary. It really does um, draw you in as a viewer. Like, mm. I, I found myself being quite captured by all these totally bizarre characters. Definitely. And like, so much stuff goes down. It's like, fuck me. Like, well, yeah. Well, this is the thing that I was going to say. So, obviously, Tiger King, I'm assuming that everyone has watched this because I think everyone has no watched Yeah, exactly. And um, it follows Joe Exotic, as you said, uh, this eccentric zoo owner uh, in, uh, is it uh, Oklahoma? Yes, yeah, Oklahoma. And as the eight, it's seven episodes long, and by the end of it, the least weird thing that happens is that people own tigers. That is the yeah. least bizarre thing that happens. It's tied to the title is Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. Emphasis on all three of those words. There are yeah, every single element of that is so integral. Yeah, it's it's such a. It's it's. I like the way that it slowly drip feeds you information. Right, right. That sort of misdirects you a little bit because I think this documentary is more about the rise, sort of the rise and fall of Joe Exotic. Definitely. It's yeah. sort of what it's really about, how this one guy through sheer egomania was able to basically destroy his his own career. Definitely. Spoiler alerts uh, for anyone that hasn't watched it but or is halfway through Yeah, I was, was going to say that. Like, this, I imagine, will be quite spoiler heavy. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. But I like the way that it's sort of it's like, oh, look at all these quirky people with their tigers. Aren't they funny and weird? And then it's like, then Carol Baskin and all the stuff with her. That's <laughs> Carol Baskin killed her husband. Like exactly. it all goes down that route. And then it leads into this considerably darker angle as it goes on. It really does. Um, I feel um, with Netf I've watched a lot of Netflix documentaries over the last couple of weeks. Um, we'll talk about them on the podcast, but I've watched Making a Murderer, The Staircase, this one, the Madeleine McCann documentary, quite a few of them. And the pacing in this is perfect. 
because there's, mm, no, there's no point like a Hollywood film. Right, right. It's seven episodes, an hour long each. And, you know, with some of them, you know, Staircase, it's the pacing drops off near the end. Making the Murder is quite slow throughout. Madeleine McCann picks up and then slows down and picks up. This is just, there's just so much that happens. And it's all just bang, 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 bang. It's insane. Mm. There's a whole episode dedicated to Carol Baskin and how she may or may not have, but she definitely did, kill her husband. Yeah. Um, there's a whole. So that's thing. your that's your judgment on that. I think. I'm, oh, that's my that's my I mean, opinion. Yeah, I'm not. I'm inclined to agree. I'm inclined yeah. to agree because there's some weird shit was clearly going on there, and I think the documentary is also very like its point of view is quite. It seems initially quite biased towards show exotic like is uh, in yeah. like he's our quote-unquote protagonist mm. and then so much more shit comes out and you're like oh oh Definitely. no he's not yeah it's fascinating like it it it, re- it almost reminded me in a very strange way of like how game of thrones used to make me feel when it was good yeah like okay. there's all these these twists and turns and these like these characters you think you can trust the sort of there's a bit more going on with them right. um it, it was re- it really sort of captured me in a big way. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. a fascinating show. It's real. It's full of anti-heroes, really. There's no the <laughs> only one person that you can root for, and is actually a good guy. Is um, I'm never going to get his name, but he's uh, he's the libertarian. He's the one that uh, he came in as Joe's campaign manager for. When he was oh yeah, right. and he was yeah. just he was just one. He was just a kid that worked in Walmart, sold guns for Walmart. Uh, was passionate about politics and was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And it turned into, as he says, the worst year of his life because he just joined this absolute circus of people. And, um, he, and he joined just like the the moment where the volcano was about to explode, you know? like Exactly that. As he gets there, and obviously through no fault of his own, everything just explodes. Yeah, um, Joshua Dial is his name. Joshua Dial. Yeah. Shout out to him. He's the... He's the sort of hero in all of it because he's very honest. He he stayed after the the uh, the campaign, I think, just because he cared about these people. He really could have at any point left, but he cared. And uh, unfortunately, I think awful for him is that he witnessed the suicide uh, of yeah. Travis. The the footage of that was harrowing. Really, I wasn't expecting yeah. it. It caught really. me absolutely off guard. The moment I saw his, like, I remember watching that, me and, me and my girlfriend, we were watching it, and I remember us both, I, I said, it's weird that they're talking about this guy in third person. And she was like... Like, past tense. Past yeah, tense, like, you mean, yeah. All, like, past tense, but, like, they're all quite removed about the way they're taught. Oh, he, he did this. Well, my he thing... used to I, do that. Yeah. Like, science, science, this is going to end in tears. And then it was like, oh, shit. Like... I sort of expected it. I was like, he's he's gonna something bad is gonna happen here. Like Absolutely. Um, well, um they were interviewed everyone else was up for interview, everyone else was being interviewed, even the um the ex husband uh, of Joe, the other one. And I yeah. found it it was at the point where they were talking about Travis and I was like, Hmm, they've not got a present day interview of him and they're talking, as you said, in the past tense. This isn't looking good for him. But I was no way expecting that to happen no, on screen as it did. That to happen. Yeah, it's really tragic, and it's a shame because I feel in the doc, it sort of gets lost in the documentary. With yeah, all it all going quite on. 
Osprey moment. Um, right. But I think that sort of reflects just how manic the whole thing was. Like, there mm. was so much sort of shit happening in that story that, that the fact that someone actually killed themselves by shooting themselves in the face becomes, like, a secondary detail. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Because that should be, like... You could make a documentary about that on its own. There's so many elements where you could... You watch it and you think that could do a documentary on its own. That could stand on its own two feet. That could. That could. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, um, jumping back to the Carol Baskin thing, obviously they never closed the case on Don, on his disappearance, but they have... Uh, since the documentary came out, and I've imagine, heard they've reopened it, haven't they? Fully. Well, like the, this is the thing: they've not reopened it because it never closed, but they have re- started re uh, revisiting old case files, and they're sort of looking at it again, which doesn't look good they're for Carol. They're more actively investigating. I think right, exactly, exactly. Because I think before it was just like, oh, if a lead comes up, it comes up. Whereas now it's a bit more like, right, we're going to chase this down a bit. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That'd and I feel um, it's, it's very interesting to see that aspect of it. It was interesting as well. I don't know if you caught it. Uh, Carol Baskin did a really long-winded um, response to the documentary on a Big Cat's uh, website. <laughs> and, oh, I'm not, I didn't see it. Oh, well, she just basically reiterated everything she said in the documentary and how it's ludicrous and had nothing to do with uh, Don Lewis. And she even went to the lengths of... Um, pointing out things that he wasn't acting normal in the last couple of weeks and he was um, shitting in the garden, things like that, which I felt I fit, it's unnecessary. If you're really innocent, you would just maintain your innocence. You wouldn't have to pile on more yeah, information about him. Right. Um, so I don't all, even think it's, it's not even through what Joe Exotic said that made me go, oh, this, this exactly. woman murdered her husband. It was everyone else who is totally removed from him being like, Oh yeah, that totally happened. It's like, like yeah. yeah. Like the fact that his family were like, yeah, some weird shit's going on. Yeah, of course. And I feel that with a Netflix documentary, you do have to take a step back with any documentary and think, right, why has this been made? Is this really the 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 extent There's of everything we know? Right. Yeah. But if we consider that Joe Exotic is the main character of this, he didn't come across well in the documentary towards the end. No, he, he really doesn't. He, so, I, I don't even think he comes across well at the beginning. He becomes, right. There's, from the moment you see him, there's like, this guy is at best quirky and weird, and at worst, like, a little bit mad. Like, yeah, absolutely. And, like, and that's from like, episode one. You're like, this character is very strange. I tried to like him because he, for those reasons, of he's a bit quirky and weird and outspoken. But when he was doing things like, um, I don't know, shooting the doll with Carol's face on and all things like that, it gets a little bit like you're not helping your case, Joe. You're not helping the fact that you've ended yeah, up the, where the you more are like now. Overtly rednecky, he gets right, right. Comes to like sort of treat him as just like a normal person. Exactly that. Yeah. It's like, as that goes on, you're like, oh, this guy's a bit fucking weird. Like, exactly, yeah. And not like, oh, in a quirky way, it's like, this guy could potentially be quite dangerous. And then obviously, as it goes on, there is more of an inkling of how dangerous he could potentially be. Right, of course, yeah. Um, and uh, with the whole, I know we're jumping around a bit, but this is just how it goes on the men's room. Uh, with the Travis stuff, he was brokenhearted about it and had the funeral and all of that. But then got married two fucking months after he died. 
and invited Travis's mother to the wedding. Yeah, that was very strange. I mean, I think the thing is, it's like, there's not really a, a line of normality in, in this documentary. Every single person in it is really, really weird. Yeah. Like, with maybe the exception of the, the, um, the campaign manager dude. But even with that, like, he was Joe Exotic's campaign manager. Like, you have to, yeah, of course. Had some inkling that it was going to be a little bit strange. Well, to, from, to, to stick uh, around with it, to stick around yeah, with him uh, after your job's done, you have to be a little bit, you're enjoying that atmosphere. Yeah, there's something about that, that chaotic world that must have, I could see why that would either be very suffocating or very captivating, you mm. know? Yeah. Um, but you are right in what you said before as well. Like the fact that people own tigers is like the least weird thing in it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that is the most surreal fucking thing. Cause I thought it was just gonna be a documentary about like, you know, people who own like wild animals. And then that's sort of the effort to sort of look into if it's ethical. Cause that seems to be what it's initially going to be. Right. And then it goes into so many, it spirals massively into so many yeah. different directions. Um, it really does. I've tried to, as um, you know, after watching it, I've tried to reflect back and think who the worst characters. I suppose I, I call them characters because they really are the worst characters in the documentary are, and it's really difficult because yeah. there's none that are really likable. I mean, my list for worst sort of when Carol, then Carol's husband, that don't Doc until bloke. Um, yeah, he's Jeff. got a bit of a cult leader thing going yeah. on. So quite creepy about that guy. Well, and forcing his um, female zookeepers uh, to get boob jobs. To yeah, there was there was some weird stuff going on with him. Yeah, like, they have five wives, I think he said. Yeah, there was something about him that was like actively dangerous in my mind. I was like, there's something about this guy that's just is genuinely unsettling, like in I'm a not, big yeah. way. And I do believe the, I do believe the claims of the euthanizing the cubs, which is yeah, awful. that wouldn't surprise me. It's awful, but he 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 didn't really seem. I can't remember quite if he spoke on it or spoke about it, but he he didn't really. He seemed to sort of just pass it off as that. Uh, no, no way, but I don't know. He, he, That's probably the, the person who, for what he did, was significant is it's almost barely acknowledged, which is quite odd because, again, with him, you could probably do, like, an expose about him because, like, yeah. there was some very odd stuff going on with that guy. Definitely, yeah. Like, definitely. Like, that guy immediately gave me, like, bad vibes. I was like, Ugh. Yeah, 100%. I don't, I don't like this guy. There's something about him that just doesn't sit right with me. Um, I also thought that um, Jeff and Alan... Those two cronies that I think they were at the pinnacle and they were at the um, turning point of Joe's life, really going downhill. When he, when Jeff came in as the I'm going to save you, I'm going to invest in your park, and we're going to change things. Around. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. And he brought in his crony Alan, who just awful bloke. Um, the pair of them. It turned out that Jeff had no money. Uh, he used a lion cub. Uh, to went over to Vegas and used like lion cubs and tiger cubs to sleep with young women, um, and Alan, the guy that just hated Joe Exotic and was just a bit of a bastard, really all round. 
there was there was some real there was such a sinister undercurrent to it. Yeah. It was really quite eye opening. That guy was definitely like he's one of the more unlikable characters by a, a massive margin. Like yeah, definitely because he's he's like a creep, but it's so blatant. Mm. Like you can tell he's not. Because like at least with Carol Baskin, you can tell that she does genuinely love the animals. Like I don't know, I doubt I, I don't, don't know about that. Like she seems like I don't know. It's it's weird with her because like with with her, I, I feel that there is this more plausibility that she is actually not necessarily doing it for the animals, but but at least at some point that was the main concern but then she sort of some fishy shit went on obviously with her ex-husband and then obviously this whole like trying to clear her name and that the ongoing beef with joe exotic mm. i think that ended up taking priority at least that's how it seems in the in the documentaries sort of perspective um Interesting. see but, i i take a different approach i think that her um motives weren't about the tigers i don't think that it was ever about that i think that she loved to be seen as the one that was saving the tigers oh really yeah loved I... them as much and it was really it was pointed out to me the other day someone messaged me and told me about this they sent me this uh, paragraph it was like uh so the lawsuit that joe and carol went into against each other carol baskin won that and she wanted a thousand dollars in damages and someone yeah. made a really good point of if she really cared about the tigers, she would have taken them as the damages. So they would have taken yeah, that as a collateral, like, rather than yeah. taking Joe's possessions, Joe's parents' furniture, Joe's guns. They Joe's, get, um, Joe's parents' house. Yeah, exactly. So if it was really about the tigers, I feel that she would have taken that. Yeah, as that's a, a good point. It's a really that's interesting a really point. point. It's an argument that's worth having, I think. I think it's that that's the thing with Tiking because there's so much that's thrown at you. Yeah, there are details like that that actually pass you by. Definitely, um, yeah. I'd be really interested to get Zach's um, input, so we will definitely revisit this at some point uh, mm. later on. What was your input? Uh, what was your take, rather, on that greasy, long-haired, fat strip club, laundering oh, bloke that became the confident, confidential informant? He reminded me of like so many characters I've seen in like Martin Scorsese films. Mm. Like he reminded me of so many like ratty. Like I can imagine like if he were way fatter, Steve Buscemi would play him. You know what I right. mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I get what you mean. That, that guy had a a weird like. He just seemed like a straight up just just a criminal. Like, and then For he sure. gets dragged into this weird. He's, He's one of the more normal characters, but he is still like a fucking criminal. Like, yeah, definitely. Calling him normal is very weird, but I know what he you seems mean. more grounded than some of the others. Of all the characters, but, he was definitely the one that would become a confidential informant. Like, he just totally yeah, you could tell he was like blimey. Like, yeah, gets a little bit of attention off of him because he's up to nefarious and sort of oh yeah, like blatantly dodgy like, he stuff. Was really doing some funky shit definitely like, I feel um, bad yeah, there. definitely I feel the two heroes in my opinion were um, uh, two of the 
Tiger keepers, the zoo keepers. So we've got um, uh, John Renke. Yeah. The one that's lost his legs. And Eric, the one yeah, that was, he was filling up the gas tank with a, cigar, uh, with a cigarette in his mouth. Just saying, yeah. don't do yeah. this at home, kids. <laughs> he was the, like, he's like the, the really tall guy. Really like, tall, like, shaggy, long like hair. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like those two were sort of the heroes of the documentary in that they they just... You could tell that they had pure intentions. They were yeah, just like... definitely. They were just people who wanted to look after animals. Absolutely that. Uh, and I think they cared about Joe. I think that they sort of knew he had that side to him, but as we do with good friends and, you know, they were family, really. You sort of put that down to just being a vice Things like that, yeah. Right. But I felt like they were genuine guys and they you could get a real sense of they were just disappointed with how all of it turned out. Oh really. yeah, mass- massively. For sure. Like these, this whole sort of... They're basically like the innocent victims, quote-unquote, of, of this because yeah. they ended up getting dragged into such a... just such a strange situation. Like, yeah. And Travis, of course. Yeah, like... I think so many of the characters in it, it's like, I say characters because they, they don't, they almost don't feel real. So yeah, yeah. So sort of. It's cartoonish, of, really. It's a real life cartoon, almost. Mm, it's, it's so far out of our concept of normality here. Like yeah. in our world, it's so different. Um, Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's apparently like classic sort of Florida stuff. Like it's very recognizable like that sort of weird fucking behavior but it is a, just a, such a strange world that they exist in i think that's something that the documentary does do well mm. is it exposes you to this sort of like this just batshit insanity and you you just sort of get immersed in it it's yeah. fascinating absolutely it's really it's non-stop it's just high octane madness and the um the fact that the documentary makers sort of stumbled across joe exotic they actually hit a gold mine finding him because they were talking to i can't even remember the context i think they were just talking to a different bloke and they just they mentioned oh do you know joe exotic and i think they just all sort of tumbled from there didn't they yeah, I think that's often the way with great documentaries. Yeah. That, like stories just kind of fall into your lap, and then you Definitely. just go, "Oh, well, this is the one." Like Definitely. you, re- you realize that's what you've got to tell. Yeah. Um, There's also an interesting little bit of trivia, which just makes all of this all the more bizarre. So going back to, I can't remember what episode it will be, but when there was the fire in the studio, the suspected yes. arson, and uh, yeah. I believe it was five alligators burnt. Yeah. So those those alligators actually belonged to Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. No, that actually that rings a bell. I'm pretty sure I read something about about the alligators, but I didn't know about what happened to them. Yeah, because I vaguely uh, remember. That I, um, so the fire happened in 2015, I want to say. Um, yeah. And of course, Michael Jackson died in 2009, and Joe Exotic was the one that took ownership of the alligators and they they were the ones that burnt in that fire which is just an an added element of 
weird, bizarre. Just a, another strange facet of this story. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's it's the other thing that comes from it is you see these celebrities who come to the park and then buy like tigers and shit. And it's like, that's the problem. Right. That right there is actually the issue, but this is meant to be stopping. Right. It's that people are illegally buying, well, not, not necessarily in their case illegally, but people are able to buy big cats as pets. Mm. Like that shouldn't be happening. Definitely. Like that's, that's the problem. Cause like all of those tigers, they're, quote unquote um rescue tigers they're all like they've been sort of taken from people who haven't been captivity mm. for whatever reason um but none of them are really wild and you can tell as well by a lot of the big cats there's a lot of interbreeding going on yeah because yeah. some of the big cats in it they've got like you, you'll see ones that are lions but they've got like tiger patterns and you're like the fuck's going on here because yeah, the tigers and the lions lion. are interbreeding Ligers they created, yeah. didn't they? And yeah, like that doesn't happen in nature. Like they're not in the same place. It, yeah. That's a captivity thing that only happens there. So there's a lot of like hybrids in there as well. Yeah, definitely. which I think just adds to the the unusual nature of it. It just mm. like these animals are clearly not even just being like kept with their own species. They're just kind of being thrown in cages. Yeah. Um, and the fact that um, Joe Exotic seems to have like quite a wide array of animals, not just big cats. Mm. I I know at one point that he's got chimps. Yep. He's got like, a pair of chimps. Um, as you say, he had alligators. He had oh, yeah, bears definitely. Well, like he had all sorts of shit going on. He did. Um, yeah, of course. The the big sort of crescendo of the series is this murder for hire plot as well, which I think is worth mm. talking about. Um, so the the idea being that the rivalry became Joe Exotic before uh, the rivalry between rather Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin came to such a point that Joe hired someone to uh, go over to Florida and kill her. Uh, that person being potentially Alan uh, Jeff's henchman. Yeah, um, and then they all sort of blew the whistle on it and that's why Joe is now in prison serving 22 years I believe my first thoughts on it were that murder for, so he paid Alan 3000 3000 dollars and Alan was going in that direction to Florida but then the idea is that he didn't go through with it because he chickened out or something and he went off in a different direction yeah now, I think he just took the money and essentially yeah but my thing with that is, we see throughout the series, as soon as Alan is introduced, Joe and Alan fiercely do not get on. Yeah, they fucking hate each other. They hate each other. And on top of that, £3,000, $3,000, not going from experience, but it's not a lot for a, hot, uh, for a hit. No. That's a, not a lot of money. And the, it's explained away on Joe Exotic's part that he offered Alan money to go home. Alan had been talking about wanting to go home and go away, and Joe Exotic said, here's 3000 you can go if you want. And yeah. I much, much more believe that than Joe Exotic hiring a man he hates $3,000 to go and kill Carol Baskin. I also think that Joe loved the feud between him and Carol Baskin too much for it to end. It sort of is what keeps him going. It was, it was he, a big 
chunk of publicity for him. Yeah, yeah. And he um, loved making the music videos. He loved making the little, like, podcast, video podcast series thing he was doing. I feel like he loved it too much for it actually to go anywhere. Of course, he was saying to people, uh, Louis Theroux actually mentioned it while he was filming his documentary, that even though it's not mentioned in the actual documentary, that behind the scene, Joe Exotic was always going on about Carol Baskin. Yeah. He hated her, definitely, and probably did mention that he wanted to kill her, as he did on screen many times. Yeah, like, it was blatant harassment. Of course. But I feel he loved it too much to actually go ahead and kill her. What do you think? I wouldn't say it was a friendly rivalry, but, like, he only had... He would only lose from it, if you get what I mean. Because it's such an integral thing. Like, he would massively miss out on a great deal of publicity because that feud I think with Carol Baskin she would also respond to him right like because of that it always gave him press of course it, yeah. even, I think he was also one of these people who's got the mindset of like negative press is still like, like any press is good press you know oh he I mean? loved it he loves being famous doesn't he where he's the hero the anti-hero the villain I think he loves being at the centre of the conversation Oh yeah, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind with that. I don't, but the thing is, it's hard to sort of know where he was mentally because I don't know where this, um, the murder plot. I don't know where that is in the timeline in terms of after his husband's suicide. Um, yeah, I think it's after. I think. Yeah, because because with that, that could be uh, just because of being in a strange mental state. Yeah, so maybe. It suddenly seems like, oh, maybe this will solve all my problems. You see that with criminals sometimes. They'll they'll suddenly make one of these, these crazy decisions because they've just been pushed to such a point. Mm. So it might even be a bit of that. Hard to really say um, with any sort of absolute clarity. But right. it's, it's intriguing, the whole thing of it. Like... Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he did pay someone or was looking into it quite seriously. Right. Um, but whether or not it was that guy, it's hard to say sort of distinctly if that's true. Definitely, yeah. But it's, it's captivating, the whole thing of it. The whole thing's brilliant. And uh, I'm just reading up now that obviously it ended on a little bit of a cliffhanger, series one. It ended with a conversation with Joe to, I don't think we actually found out who he was talking to, but he's saying that he really wants to blow the whistle on everyone else that's doing much worse things to to, to the captive tigers in the US. I think he said about 30, was it 27 or 37 he's got names for? Yeah, I think it's 37 or 36. Yeah, and he wants to uh, team up, despite uh, everything we know about him, he wants to actually team up with Peter to help them. And uh, he's going for revenge now, which is really exciting news because that means a series two is definitely, if not in the works, definitely in um, in the pipeline in terms of talk. It wouldn't surprise me if it had already not been made, but like it had already been sort of filmed and uh, filmed, yeah, you know, documented. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's so, um, there's definitely enough scope if we don't look at Joe Exotic. There's scope to look at, as we said, um, Carol Baskin's case, Doc until um, Jeff Lowe. There's a lot of different angles and avenues that we could go through. There's also oh, yeah. um, over in America, I think, 
the Investigation Discovery Network. They're, they've started a true crime show uh, investigating the strange world of Joe Exotic. Oh, so, wow. So it's like got a dedicated series. Yeah, there's another uh, documentary series coming along, and it'll probably retread a lot of the same steps, but it might go into more detail in certain areas or look at different things. We'll, we'll find out. And also there is a podcast um, by the filmmakers. Oh, cool. There's got cool. a podcast going on. Um, it's called Joe Exotic Tiger King. Um, funnily enough. So that's worth checking out. Uh, but yeah. I definitely feel like this is chapter one of a rather long story. Um, now that it's brought, brought to everyone's attention, the, as we said, I, I think that's right. The internet's gone into a frenzy with it, and I think that we will discover new information about everything and anything to do with this because there's just so many different things. Oh, yeah, it's such a fascinating story. I, I've got a thing though. Do you think this series would have been as successful if it hadn't been for what was going on? Do you question. think it would have got the, the, um, the attention it's received? I feel as though it probably would have blown up, but probably a bit a slower a slower pace. Yeah, I, because obviously we know what's going on. Everyone's got a little bit of extra free time on their hands. We've all been able to sort of sit and binge a couple of episodes each evening. Yeah, so, that's what I've been doing. I yeah. think. I, I feel like, been, and also they're not overly long. The episodes they're like twenty-five minutes. Is that it? They're, I think they're, they're about like, forty-five. I think they're forty-five. Yeah, but, they're, but they're under an hour. So yeah, they're, yeah. They're more, they're more easy to binge, and I think because of their pace, they feel shorter. Yeah, definitely. So it doesn't feel like a slog Absolutely. to get through. But yeah, I feel it's a good question to ask. But I feel it is such a well-made documentary with so much going on in it. It would have definitely blown up if not. Uh, this soon, then in three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, something like that. Oh yeah, massively. Yeah. Like it would have eventually scaled out. But I, I find it intriguing to wonder, like, if it would have had this level of uh, sort of attention to it. Yeah, definitely. That's my. So thing. what we're going to do? We're going to close this off with uh, we're going to bring in a new ranking system, which I have just thought of actually. Uh, seeing as though the men's room, uh, due to limitations, we're going to take a bit more of an approach of each week looking at a documentary, looking at a series and discussing it. And we're going to rank it uh, in terms of where it sits on our scale of from best to worst, I suppose. Uh, this being the first series that we're looking at, of course, it makes that chart, makes the rankings. So, Adam, what out of 10, what would we rank Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem and... Uh, Another one. What's it called? Um, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. That's it. Madness. We'll be ranking it out of ten. Ooh, I think um, because the story still feels a little bit like there's a little bit. It's a little bit unresolved still, right? Um, which is kind of intriguing. Um, but I think it's a weird one because some points it feels very biased and other times it doesn't. It, it massively withholds um, significant bits of information for dramatic effect. It's not okay. completely just like laid out its cards, if you get what I mean. I get what you mean. Um, so I'm going to give it like an eight. Okay. So pretty high. Yeah, uh, that's a good start. It's a solid start. I'll, I'll join you on that. I think that's a solid... 
guess. It, it's we'll not work. perfect because obviously, nothing's perfect. Subject matter. It's it's one. Nothing's perfect, and two. I think the fact that it's so much of it is still quite unresolved. Right. And there's there's so much of an of an overload of information. Mm. Um, it's easy for things to sort of slip the net and you to lose track a little bit. Right. Um, its focus can be a little bit mis mismatched and a bit misplaced, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think eight out of ten is pretty solid. Like because it, I think its pros do outweigh its cons, but um, it's almost because it's got too much potential. Right. Okay. Which is a strange criticism to give it, but I think that's it's a blessing. It's the biggest blessing that it has, but also its biggest detriment because it sort of like doesn't know where to focus sometimes. Okay, interesting. No, I, su- I support that. I feel that as the first entry onto the TMR TV rankings, uh, solid 8 out of 10 for Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem and Mystery. Uh, and then that just about wraps it up, I think. I yeah, I think that covers it this I think week. We, we covered the majority, of course, as we've said, documentary so full. Uh, this evening we'll think of other things that we've missed out and probably should have talked about, but... Well, we'll do a quick recap with Zach next week once he's out of isolation, once he's out of the ICU, <laughs> and uh, he can talk to us and see what uh, he thought on it. Until then, Adam, thank you very much for joining me. It was a pleasure, sir. I'm it's glad I could. Definitely. It's good to be back. That's for sure. Yeah. Somewhat surreal, but it's, you know, it's a man of the world at the moment. We've got to do it this way. Exactly that. Uh, as long as everyone's having fun and enjoying this that's all we're here for really exactly so with that said thank you very much for listening this week thank you for joining us Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Men's Room we're going to be a lot more interactive on there so do make sure to give us any suggestions TV series or films we should watch and give us a shout if you want to join us on a Zoom call one day quite cool yeah we'll be up for that yeah get some guests involved as long as you stay two meters away from us, of course. Yep. So Make sure to exactly that. Uh, follow us on Instagram, of course, and stay safe out there. From me, Greg, and Adam. Catch you later. Yep. See you later. Have a good one.